This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Nujia Dean. Today is Monday, August 15th. Coming up, how recreational marijuana got on the Missouri ballot. But first, some headlines. Planned Parenthood has opened a new clinic in Wyandotte County, bringing the total number of abortion providers in Kansas to five. Rose Conlin of the Kansas News Service reports, Kansas remains a bastion of abortion access for states like Missouri, Oklahoma, and Texas. The Wyandotte Health Center of Kansas City, Kansas, also offers birth control, STI testing and treatment, and gender-affirming care. Emily Wales is the president and CEO of Planned Parenthood Great Plains. It does mean that there are some more appointments on the schedule. It's another location, but we are still realistic that there's more need than we're going to be able to meet right now. Planned Parenthood chose Wyandotte County because it has fewer health care providers per capita than neighboring areas. When students return to Kansas City public schools next week, they can expect fewer COVID-19 restrictions in place. The school district said in a letter to families Friday that students who have been in close contact with someone who has COVID can now continue to attend school if they remain symptom-free and wear a mask. Interim Superintendent Jennifer Collier said despite the eased rules, the district is still concerned about the health of students and staff. But I do believe now we're sort of in a different place in how we respond to it because of the options that have been available to us around vaccinations. The move follows revised guidance from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention relaxing COVID rules and quarantine requirements. 760 Afghan refugees have made their new homes in Kansas City since the Taliban took over Kabul a year ago today. KCUR's Carlos Moreno updates us on how their lives are going. Sabuun Fakiri was the only member of his immediate family allowed to board a plane to America. The 22-year-old landed in Kansas City last November and got a job as a case manager at Jewish Vocational Services. He says many of his fellow refugees are finding jobs, even if it's not the same work they did back in Afghanistan, but many still struggle with what they left behind. I know all the Afghans who have been here in USA, they suffer from not having their family members. Officials at local resettlement agencies say that a lack of transportation and English language skills remain barriers for Afghan refugees to integrate into their new communities. After years of activism, Missouri might finally get legal recreational marijuana if voters approve a referendum at the polls this fall. Jason Hancock is the editor of the Missouri Independent and a veteran government reporter. He joined me over Zoom to tell me how the measure got on the ballot and how not all pro-cannabis activists feel the same way about it. Just to start off, can you talk a little bit about the history behind this referendum? Well, I guess we go all the way back to 2018. That's when Missourians first legalized medical marijuana. They approved a constitutional amendment that year that would have gave the state permission to create a framework for medical marijuana in the state to do licensing. And almost from that point, as the state was starting to put that together, there were rumblings that legalization was on the horizon. It's been a rocky rollout of that program. There's been a lot of contention over the state's decision to cap the number of licenses. There's questions about the scoring and the licensing. There's been um, legislative inquiries. There's been Federal Bureau of Investigation inquiries into medical marijuana in Missouri. But... um, you know, the, the effort to legalize recreational adult use really got a lot of momentum last year um, as the legal Missouri campaign started to gear up and uh, hit the crescendo this year when they collected signatures. 
Um, there was some legislators who were trying to do something on their own that would have legalized marijuana without some of the framework that the legal Missouri people have in place, but that didn't get a lot of traction. And now we have the Secretary of State certifying that they turned in enough signatures and it'll appear on the November 8th ballot as Amendment 3. So why do some people oppose this referendum? Well, it sort of runs the gamut. You have people who just don't believe that marijuana should be legal. Um, That's definitely a contingent of people who don't like it. But the most vocal critics um, point to a couple things. But, you know, the big one being the, the Amendment 3 will continue to give the state the ability to cap the number of licenses to sell, grow, and to uh, transport marijuana. Like I said, under the uh, amendment that was passed in 2018, the state set a cap on licenses. I think we're, I think we have about 200 dispensaries around the state now, but um, you know, a lot of folks were sort of left in the cold. People who had applied to get a license put a lot of money into the process to get a license, and then were denied because the state wouldn't allow more than its set cap. And so you had a lot of appeals filed, you had lawsuits filed, and you had a lot of allegations that people were kind of trying to rig the system behind the scenes. It's a lot of smoke, you know, obviously um, with with this much money involved in a program, it's a very lucrative industry. You're going to have a lot of of hard feelings when you start getting people that are going to miss out on the program. But those are the types of things that still sort of linger around Amendment 3. You know, people who are critical of it will say, it's it's codifying the monopoly that already exists, that a small segment of people are able to get these licenses. A lot of other people are locked out. Um, and they don't believe that that should be the case, that there should not be a state-sanctioned monopoly market in uh, the Missouri Constitution. So how has that limited number of licenses affected medical marijuana patients? Well, I, you know, when you talk to the state and you, to, to state regulators, what they'll say is that they've done studies of this and the supply, the demand and the supply are, are in balance, that folks are able to access medical marijuana and that to have more licenses or to have unlimited licenses would create a glut, it would create an oversupply and it could feed a black market, that it would just sort of become the Wild West you know, obviously critics would say you shouldn't treat, if you're going to legalize marijuana, you should treat it like you do alcohol and tobacco, which is, you know, if there's a liquor store and they meet the minimum requirements to get a license, they get a license to sell liquor. But I will say, you know, there's been reports of prices being high in Missouri. You know, I don't know exactly how, I don't have a license to purchase, so I don't know what the price structure is like here in Missouri. But, you know, that is the argument that folks give in support of the caps that it keeps supply and demand in line with each other so that you don't have the oversupply that would fuel a black market. And also you don't have businesses that can't make any money because there's just too many people in the industry. So how could the legalization of adult recreational use affect this market in Missouri? Do we know? Well, I mean, it will become a lot more lucrative. Um, I think obviously if you no longer have to have a medical reason to purchase marijuana, you're gonna have a lot more people purchasing marijuana. I think that's always been the expectation that medical marijuana was a booming business that that could earn a lot of money for those that were lucky enough to get a license. And the recreational uh, legalization will just make those licenses that much more lucrative. They'll make the people who are in the business that much more money. 
And that's another piece of this, that the folks that already have licenses under the Amendment 3, somewhat logically, would have the built-in advantage. They would automatically be able to convert their medical license to an adult use license. And if you cap the total, then you're probably um, elbowing out a lot of people who will never have a chance to get into this because most of the licenses are already taken up by those that got the medicinal marijuana license. They do have these little, I think they're called micro licenses that are uh, you know, built up by proponents of Amendment 3 to be avenues for, especially in minority communities, which you know, the medical marijuana industry has gotten a lot of criticism in Missouri for not having a lot of participation amongst black entrepreneurs. So this is their sort of uh, olive branch to try to bring in some of those people into the industry. But yeah, I think the bottom line is it's just assumed that legalization is going to be far more lucrative um, than just the medicinal side. So how do state officials feel about the possibility of legalizing uh, recreational use through this referendum? You're starting to see folks have the discussion. There's definitely legislators that are very much opposed to uh, Amendment 3, especially those that were pushing for legalization through the legislative process. Some of them are critical of it because of what we've already talked about, this idea of if you allow the state to cap licenses, you can you know, create a state-sanctioned monopoly. Others just don't like that this is getting put into the state constitution because it's incredibly hard to change it once it's in place. Lawmakers can't just come in and tinker with it. Um, it's, a, it's a feature and a bug, I guess. If you don't want lawmakers to come back and, and mess with what the voters have put into place, uh, then you put it in the constitution and they can't do anything without coming back to the voters to change it. But at the same time, if there needs to be changes down the road, it does make it more difficult. And that's that's another sore spot for a lot of lawmakers that they don't want to see this stuff constantly being put in the Constitution, which effectively is an end run around the legislature. But these initiative petitions in a lot of ways are the response from the public to the legislature not taking action on things. So um, as far as other officials, you know, it, again, it's sort of I think a lot of them are having conversations about this. You know, I've seen a lot of chatter, especially on social media among Democratic politicians about they feel as though this could be a real big boon for them in the fall. People are coming out to vote for legalization. They might be more likely to cast a ballot for a Democrat. But others, yeah, they have heartburn about it for all those reasons that critics have brought up, all the criticisms of the legalization uh, proposal. It's not that they oppose legalization, but some people just don't like the way this is being set up. So it's sort of a mixed bag right now. So who's paying for this ballot measure? Well, it should come as no surprise that um, the lion's share of the money to get this thing on the ballot and presumably to get it across the finish line this fall is coming from the medical marijuana industry. Um, a lot of the folks that have made their money in, on marijuana in Missouri put in millions of dollars to get this thing, uh, to collect signatures and get it on the ballot. You know, there was a point a couple months back um, where they were falling short of their signature goals. And there was this sort of SOS newsletter that went out, you know, calling all ships at sea. Um, we need help. We have to get these signatures collected. They started asking for medical marijuana companies to let their employees, um, like basically let them off work to volunteer to collect signatures. And you know what? It, it worked because there was another ballot measure who used the same signature gathering company. It was called Federal Elections. It was going to have a ranked choice voting question on the ballot, you know, it fell way short. Um, this was a very tough year for collecting signatures for a lot of reasons. There's labor shortage. Um, you know, I don't think that the 
this, the initiative petition process is quite adjusted to a post-pandemic um, world yet. Um, and so, yeah, the medical marijuana industry is the real um, bankroll behind this. Now, there's also a lot of other grassroots organizations that are supportive of it, you know, both legalization advocates and also social justice advocates who like provisions of the bill involving expungement of records um, for past drug offenses. But um, as far as who's paying the bills, it's, it's definitely the folks that um, have benefited financially from the medical marijuana industry and presumably would benefit from legalization. That was Missouri Independent reporter and editor Jason Hancock. You can find his work at kcur.org and at missouriindependent.com. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Nujia Dean. This podcast is produced by Byron Love, Trevor Grandin, and KCUR Studios. It's edited by Lisa Rodriguez and Gabe Rosenberg. You can find more local news from Kansas City's NPR station at kcur.org. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you tomorrow. You don't have to travel far to discover something new. KCUR's Creative Adventure email can help. Our weekly adventures will help you discover new ways to explore the Kansas City region. Join the adventure and subscribe at kcur.org slash adventure.